Well, here we are in Commitment Sunday, and I'm so glad you guys are here. And um, I can't just express, if you weren't here earlier when Irvin was talking about the 24-hour prayer, it was really amazing just to be able to not just participate in praying for what God's doing here at River Run, but also to see everybody else who is who's praying as well. I did the exact same thing, Irvin, where uh, I saw the list and every time I would look at my watch and see who's praying, I just sit there and go, man, God, I'm so grateful that that person would be willing to take the time to be able to pray for our church family, for asking God for provisions so that we as a people can continue to have a great influence into our culture. And in fact, this whole process, you know, over the last couple of months or so has really been just my prayer to the Lord is like, God, you know the needs that we have and we have really big needs. But God, I pray that you would use this, really use this as an opportunity to bring us closer together as a family. That you would provide for these things through us coming and leaning into you and and you growing our faith and, and trust in you and, and growing our faith and trust in each other because we're doing this together. Because um, one thing that I know just from my own life and being in 20 years of ministry and looking at all throughout human history, that there is this process that God goes through that brings a people together in a united way that has an incredible influence Really, the last two months that we have been doing individually and collectively are things that uh, the people of God have been doing for thousands and thousands of years. The same kind of process, the processing big things of God. Now, one of the things you see when before God does big influence and uses people for big influence, he stretches their faith. And that he goes through this whole process of stretching people's faith. And then through that, there's a process of how he goes about stretching our faith and growing our faith so we can get stronger and we can have more influence. The three kind of phases kind of go like this. The first one is that moment where you're just listening to God and God speaks into your heart and your mind to go and do something. I call it the brown paper bag moment. You are not stretched by, by God until God speaks into your heart and you're kind of like, oh, where's the brown paper bag? <sighs> You want me to do what? You want me to have that conversation? You, you want me to spend my time doing what? Where? You want me to give up what for who? It's a brown paper bag moment. And when you look at throughout human history, there are times in people's lives where God says, hey, this is what I want you to do. And they're like, what? And then it moves into the second phase, that second moment. And that second moment is that moment where you kind of go, all right, okay. I will do it moment. I will do it. Trepidation, scared, but I'll do it. And then there's a, there's a third piece to that, the, the last moment, momentum, moment about that. And that is, God, you did it. Wow. God, you did it. There is no, wow, God, you did it, unless we are people who go, okay, I will do it. And unless we are people who are willing to listen to God and hear God say, this is going to be huge. This is going to put you out of your comfort zone. It's going to make you feel a little nervous. It's going to make you feel anxious. But if you trust me and walk this out, then you will see the living God move in and through you. All throughout human history, God did that with the people of Israel. 
They were people who were enslaved by the most powerful uh, country at that time, which was Egypt. And they were grunts. They were not educated. They were just used as slaves to build the great empire of Pharaoh back in those days. God comes to them and he basically says to the people of Israel, come, follow me. And so they go, okay, we want to get out of this. We will follow you. And God leads them. And God leads them right to the bank of the water. God leads them right to this place where they can't move any further because then they're going to step right into the water. But in that moment in time, right behind them were a very angry, mad, vindictive, and very powerful military army, the army of the Egyptians. God led them to this place, and they had their oh crud moment with God. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. They can't go forward. They can't go backwards. And they're crying out to God. Now, one of the things that you see right off the bat is, you know, when we are faced with big challenges in life, the common human thing to do is not to look to God, it's to look at the challenge. And when we look at the challenge, that's when we become anxious and nervous. They saw the challenge, they, they looked and they saw the Egyptian army and they freaked out. They were not trained to be military people, but the other, the, the Egyptians were. It's no different than the time when Peter had to figure that out himself. About, you know, about you know, 1,400 years, 1,200 years later, and Jesus is walking on water and, and Peter sees him, he's in the boat and he sees him there and he says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out and walk to you. And so Peter gets in, Jesus says, come out. And Peter starts walking out. A wind blows. And what does Peter do? He looked at the challenge. He looked at the waves. He looked at the wind. And what happened then? He began to sink. And so maybe you've experienced that in your life where you're like, God, you want me to do what? But you don't understand. I got this challenge and this thing, and this is how it's going to end up. And, and I don't know. I think, you know, I'm scared. Well, that's, you're not alone. The um, Israelites felt that as well. And they said in verse 11, they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have, you, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? God, do you really want me to do that? Don't you understand what that means, uprooting my family or going to do this and sacrifice my time to help these people out or serve this? Don't you understand, Lord, if I give this, then I'm going to lose this, and then the, this is going to have a ramification in my own personal life? No, I, you know, God, why are you asking me to do this? Are you doing this because you want to ruin my life? No, God doesn't do anything to ruin our life. He does things in order to strengthen us, to bring us out of a place of slavery into something more free. But in order to do that, he has to stretch our faith. And so they go on in verse 12, didn't we tell you this would happen? You know, that this was going to happen? And um, let me see. You know, while we were still in Egypt, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. In other words, God, just leave me alone. 
It would have been better for us to be slaves. You know what? It would have been a lot better just to go back, have them shackle us, go to work, because at least when we do that, we know, you know, it's something that we know. It's comfortable to us. We won't be killed. Yeah, we'll work hard, but, you know, every single day, this is what we'll do, and, and this is kind of what we're used to. The Egyptian or the Israelites, what they were choosing was not to trust God, they were choosing comfort. And most of the time when we don't ever, you know, experience God moving in our lives in a big way, it's most of the time it's because we're choosing comfort rather than choosing a moment by which we allow God to stretch our faith. To process and, and breathe into the paper bag and to say to God, okay, God, I will do it. But oftentimes we go, that's too big, it's too scary, it's too challenging. When I'm thinking about what will happen, worldly speaking, these are going to be the ramifications to my life. No, I'll just go and become and continue to become a slave to the things of this world. Because at least I know the things of this world. Instead of experiencing the true freedom of trusting in you, I'll, I'll just go back to that. No, thank you, Lord. And that's what they're processing. I've done that. I've been there. I bet we've all been there in some ways where God says, hey, go do this or, you know, uh, move in this way. And we kind of go, ah, no, it's too much. You're asking too much. I'm just going to go back to my more comfortable lifestyle. But Moses told the people in verse 13, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue today. And then later on, he just kind of says, be calm. Just stand still. Watch God move. And guess what? Moses had his moment. Moses got to this place because God stretched his faith. Y'all remember the burning bush? He was in a place where he just left Egypt because they're trying to kill him. He's out in the, in the wilderness getting away from everything, living his nice little comfortable life, doing little sheep. And God basically says, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh, I want you to tell him to let my people go. And what did Moses do? He's doing the brown paper bag. I, 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 I can't, can't do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't speak very, very, very well. No, 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 no. You got the wrong person. Bring somebody else. He's probably stuttering because he's nervous, right? And so, but what did he do? Okay, here we go. I can do this. I will do this. And so you see, God did it. And he had his wow moment. His faith got stronger. And now through his strength of his faith, he's now telling the people of Israel, hey guys, just watch God. I was right where you were at. Just pay attention. Just trust him. This is your oh crud moment. But watch him work. Trust him. And so in verse 16, he goes and says, you know, uh, God says to uh, Moses, pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea and dry ground. Now, there's a point where in our lives, you know, we just, you know, where God will tell us that we need to step out in faith. You know, when we think about all the things that we have here and the things that we need to accomplish here, God can give us all the money in the world. You know that, right? He can. He can give us all the money. Why doesn't he give us all the money? If he's a sovereign God in the universe, why does he not give us all the money? Because at the kernel of what God is doing is he's moving us into an intimate, trusting relationship with him. If somebody came in here and wrote the check for the whole building and everything like that, guess what? One person's faith would have been moved and the rest of us would have gone, eh, okay, and we would have walked on. 
Rather than collectively going through that moment together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, God, where do you want me to stretch my faith and trust in you? For the Israelites, it was a collective thing. For us, this is a collective thing. And Moses was just saying, hey, just be obedient. Just trust God. And I love it here because God basically tells Moses and the Israelites to do two things. One is this. And the other thing is walk. God's going to do the rest. For us, it is just nothing more of life of just being obedient and saying, yes, sir. And allow you, God, to do the outcome of this. That's your job. Our job is just to say, yes, sir. And they do. He lifts the, the rod, the water is parted, and then they go, all right, okay, we will do this. So they go to the moment of, okay, I will do this moment. In verse 22, it says, So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. So when they're walking, there's no doubt that they're walking through really high water, and they're probably thinking as they're walking through this, you know, these wa- this water can come right over us and just totally take us out. You don't think that was probably really nerve-wracking. And that's what, is, that's what stretching our faith does. There's times when we're obedient, and we're just kind of like, okay. I hope, God, you know what you're doing, that the walls don't come in over us and just totally take me out. But what happens? They make it to the other side. They make it to the other side, and we see a totally different change in them. They make it to the other side. The water then comes and collapses over the Egyptians. In other words, it's another way of saying in that moment, when they stepped across to the other side and they saw God move, it was as if God at that moment took care of all their oppression, took care of all their fears because they feared the Egyptians, and God freed them into a new life in relationship with him. And that's what God calls us to. That's what, you know, and, and Paul talks about in, in 1 Corinthians, that this was a baptism moment for the Israelites, is walking through the water, that they are now immersed together as a collective whole into a relationship with God as free people. For us, what that means is, is God is unshackling the bonds of sin, the bonds of enslavement to the things of this world by which we walk through in faith in him, by which we come to the other side and we say, freedom. I am free from the need of money. I am free from the need of trying to control all the outcomes. I'm free from the, the junk and the sin in my life. I'm now immersed into a new relationship with God. And so you see this with the individuals, and you see this collectively as a people of Israel, and you see this as us, as individuals and collectively as a people as well. And then verse 31, they have their, wow, God, you did it moment. So in verse 31, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord, uh, the, the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. They wouldn't have gotten there unless they said, okay, we'll do this. They wouldn't have gotten there until they had their brown paper bag moment. But God brought them through that. And on the other side, they are like, man, God is amazing. And then in verse, and then chapter 15, verse 1 guess what they did? They praised the Lord. 
Then Moses and people of Israel sang his song to the Lord. This is our Red Sea moment. This is our Red Sea moment. I'm going to invite two people to come up, Lorena and Juan Delgado. Why don't you come on up here? And you talk about two people. The reason why I asked them to come up here, these are... um, Juan and Lorena have been part of River Run for a long time, and they've had quite a few Red Sea moments in their lives here at River Run and also just individually. So first of all, why don't you just tell me real quick, um, 20 years ago, you were here um, doing the capital campaign here, and you were a part of that. And Irvin, in his um, prayer um, sheet that he gave us for the 24-hour prayer, he did Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He had no idea the significance of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, with all, uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Tell me about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to y'all. It is a very important Bible verse. It's something that I use to guide my path. So in everything that we do, whether it's you know, our jobs, our children, um, just the everyday decisions that we have to make. I use that Bible verse, or we use that Bible verse as something to, to how we live our lives. Yep. And then what, what, what verse is pretty much right behind, below you? It's actually down here. Right there? I wrote it on this stage. When? When we built this building. Yeah, that was your verse right yeah. here. And you told me that you did that in order that this would be a place where we would trust the Lord you know, so tell us about um, a little bit more about you had your kind of Red Sea moment really a couple of years ago because Juan is also the owner of um, Panuzos, which I love calzones. It makes the best calzones, just by the way. <laughs> but you had a moment where you had kind of this oh crud moment, even in your own personal lives, when it came to what did God want you to do at Panuzos? Was the uh uh, at one point, it was uh, on Sundays. It was getting uh, uh, really busy. We used to open for breakfast, and it got to to the point where uh, everybody was working, everybody was helping, people were calling out, and so we were not able to. Uh, come to church. It was just Lorena and, and the little kids. And it was just, you know, thinking about it and, uh, you know, what to do because uh, Sunday was uh, a busy Sunday for us. And it was like 26% of our revenue. So, it just came to my mind. I'm like, what if we close? And, you know, so it close is, on Sunday. So you're going to cut 26% of your revenue. And mm-hmm. how, how, how did you respond to that, Lorena? When he well, it, it's kind of funny <laughs> because it was, it was a surprise to me. I didn't even know about it. And so, it was on a Sunday, and it was, um, we had a dinner, a lunch, and the family was all there, and Kalina and him made the announcement that we're going to close on Sunday, and I went, 
what? <laughs> I'm like, it's a really busy day. Do we yeah. know what this is? And so it was a surprise to me when they made the announcement. But I was so glad they did. So you're so glad you did. So you went through the process like, what? Yes. So, okay. Because it allows your family to come and worship the Lord and spend time as a family. And then how, what did God do through that? Well, I, a lot. It was just amazing how we were all, you know, able to come to church and spend more time with the family, the birthdays and any celebrations. So it, it's, it's just been a blessing. And not only that, but I'll say probably about five or six months later, our sales were up to what they were before. So throughout the week, sales increased. So tell me what, tell me that moment of just like, wow, God, okay, you, you're doing this. It's, it's just crazy when you sit there and think about it. They did this actually on Easter of what year was it? I think it's been four years. So, but it was Easter. It was. It was Easter, yes. And um, just to sit there and, and see him bring us through all of that and then to increase it, that's the trust. So when you have experiences like this, it starts to build that foundation and you trust that the next level and the next level. And now it's like well, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't even feel scary to us anymore. Yeah. So you saw that, the, the building of this building and being part mm-hmm. of that, you saw that through... Uh, a personal decision on your family to, you know, to trust God in that moment. And you've seen God work through all, both of those, really. One last question I have for you is this. Y'all sacrificially gave some like 20 years ago. Um, all of us in this room are beneficiaries of that sacrifice, not just you, but so many other people as well. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen, you know, what, what was going to happen in this place and all the things that would happen here. Now that you're 20 years on the other side, how does it feel to know that all of our lives here have been impacted, really, in some ways because of just stepping out in faith, even that 20 years ago, with the other River Runners? Well, it's, it's just uh, amazing. And, you know, when I hear Sith talking about uh, 800 baptisms, and it's, it's, just, it's just amazing all the stuff that happened and having faith that God will do it. You know, like pastors say, it is kind of scary when you commit and you still have bills to pay, but God is faithful. I can tell you we met our commitment, and we never had a problem paying the bills. So it is, it is amazing that there is another opportunity for us to stand up and, and uh, make it happen again. Who knows? Maybe this time will be a thousand baptisms. <laughs> maybe, you know, the changes that you will do, will do on the, on the community will be just amazing and you know just trust in the lord and he's faithful i do have one recommendation yeah write the check first always write the check first god likes um to be first that's where the trust really comes out because when you do it the other way and you pay the bills and then you try to write the check 
it does not work out as well. God's math is different. <laughs> and when you write the check first to the church and then you pay all the bills, don't ask me how, but you always have enough to do to, to pay it. The balance is always there. It's neat. It's neat to see that you, you guys come to this place where, you know, like Moses said, hey, you know, uh, just watch the Lord work. Mm-hmm. Trust him. Just stay calm. And why did he say that? Because of his own experience with the Lord. And now that y'all's experience it with the Lord, just say, just stay calm. Trust the Lord, you know, and um, give as he has called us to give and watch him move. Well, so thank you guys so much for coming here. Could you give them a round of applause? So now we're at our point where we are going to make our commitments. Lorena has been in our children's ministry for many, many, many years. And I tell you, hundreds, if not over a thousand kids have probably been blessed because of her and has been in her classroom for, throughout all of these years as well. And, and one of the things that our kids have been doing, and she's been helping out with the other kids as well, is to be a part of this. We want this to be a family moment, not just a, you know, a cash moment, a roof moment, or whatever, but to be really a family moment. And in River Kids, they've been praying for our church. They've been writing posters and making posters. If you don't have any kids, spend some time, go down the the hallway, and you'll see them write, um, you know, all sorts of designs and posters on there. One of my favorites uh, was somebody was drew that my attention to it was Orion's that says, we can do this. You know, we can do this. To have faith as a child, we can do this. And so they have been, uh, they got made little churches and they have been uh, putting some cash and some money in there in order to help the church uh, as well. And so they're going to come up and they're going to give their commitment and give their gifts to the Lord in in this little church uh, box over here that looks like River Run with someone mentioned, oh, it looks like River Run. It doesn't have a roof on top of it. So (laughs) what they're going to do is they're going to come they're going to put their offering in there and they're going to get two ping pong balls. The orange ping pong ball represents us, River Runners today. The white ping pong ball represents the not yet River Runners. 20 years ago, the Delgados and some of y'all, you were the orange ping pong ball 20 years ago. And we were 20 years ago, the white ping pong balls that are now, because we are here and their generosity and their gifts are now that orange ping pong ball. So they're going to come in. They're going to give their gifts. They're going to put uh, the two ping pong balls in this little uh, thing right here to represent our church, um, to express that we're doing this in order to have an impact into the next generation. Father, I thank you so much for our kids. And I pray that you would pour out your provisions here so that here at 141 River One Point, we can have more Bible hunts that we can have more capture the flags on the land, that we can do more VBSs, more big events for our kids, that we can have a space for our kids to come and hear the gospel, Lord. And so, Father, as they give their gifts, Lord, I pray that this would be a moment in their lives as well, that they would see you move in a fantastic way that would lay the seed of faithfulness to you at such a young age. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.